Welcome to Moving Markets. Keeping up with current market trends and navigating the ever-changing economic landscape can be challenging. Your host, J.R. Gondek, will share his insight and help you tackle these topics. J.R. is Managing Director and Partner of The Learner Group and co-author of Family Value at Risk. He leads investment research on the team and is responsible for shaping strategic policy. He works closely with families to promote intentional communication and drive collaboration between all generations to ensure a smooth transition of wealth. Come along for the ride and let's start navigating. Hello everyone and welcome back to Moving Markets. This is the fourth episode of our crypto series. Today, I'm joined by our wealth strategist, Wayne Cooper. And today we'll go through exciting tax information and maybe some planning opportunities for crypto. So with that, Wayne, let's, let's, let's kick it off and let's go through some commonly asked questions or concerns around crypto. First one that comes to mind is, how is crypto treated for tax purposes? So this is probably the easiest part of understanding crypto in that it is treated as property just like any other property that you might own, such as stocks, bonds, real estate. So you do not um, recognize gain or loss just by holding the currency, but once you sell it or exchange it, then you're going to recognize gain. And if you've held it for investment purposes, it's going to be a capital gain. If you've held it more than a year, it'll be a long-term capital gain, um, eligible for the lower tax rates on long-term capital gains. If you've held it for less than a year, it will be taxed as short-term capital gain. Well, let's go to the next one. The next one's a little bit unique for now, it feels like. So if you think about owning a stock and if you happen to have a loss, if I want to take that loss, there's wash sale rules, meaning I have to wait maybe 30 or 31 days to buy it back. Let's talk about cost basis and maybe some nuances with crypto. So crypto, it's a good point because crypto, unlike stock, is not subject to the loss sale rules. So you can sell crypto on day one, realize a loss, and then rebuy it on day two, and you still can take the loss you realized. Whereas if it was a, a stock or a bond and you did the same thing, you would not be able to duck that loss until you again disposed of the reacquired asset. So with crypto, it's important to try to keep detailed records as to when you buy and sell specific units, because you have the opportunity to pick and choose exactly what you're selling. So if you've had some crypto that you've uh, bought high and through the volatility it went down, you could realize that loss to offset capital gains whenever you uh, want to you know, take that opportunity. Or you might have some gains in crypto that you might want to realize if you have some current losses to take. So uh, keeping track of your basis is important. Um, and you should really talk to your CPA to see um, how he might be able to help 
um, keep track with some tools that are available for keeping track of bases and separate lots. So I, I think Wayne, starting last year was the first year there was a new question on the tax form, whether you do it yourself or if you're preparing taxes for others. What is that new question? Correct. On the tax return, there's actually a question. It's written right here. At any time during 2020, did you receive, sell, send, exchange, or otherwise acquire any financial interest in any virtual currency? This is an indication that the IRS is very focused on crypto transactions. It's very hard for the IRS to keep track of, and they are putting out a full force effort to make sure people are paying taxes on their crypto. Answering the question at least makes them aware that there is a possibility of some taxable income here. What's interesting is the very last part of that question, which says acquire any financial interest. You would think that would mean if you bought crypto, you've acquired a financial interest. But in the IRS questions and answer section dealing with crypto on the irs.gov website, they specifically say that if you've only acquired crypto using cash, then you do not have to answer that question yes. You only have to answer that question yes if you've had a transaction where you've either sold crypto or exchanged crypto for goods or services. Wait, let's have a little friendly reminder if you're listening to this and said, well, it's very hard to track my crypto gains and I'm just not going to report those. How would they go? What are some of the penalties that could be assessed if you don't report all your income? Well, the most important one is jail. So people have to remember it's not a crime not to pay your taxes. What is a crime is not reporting your income correctly or not filing your tax return. So when you hear of, you know, politicians and movie stars and celebrities that go to jail, they go to jail, not for not paying their taxes, but not for not filing returns. Uh, Harold Washington, a, a former mayor of, of Chicago is a perfect example of that. Uh, didn't file returns, didn't even owe taxes, but still um, uh, got into trouble that way. So I do not recommend anybody thinking that the IRS will not find out. Uh, it's a bad course to take. The IRS is coming down very hard on issues where reporting is required and the reporting is not done. Penalties can be really substantial, including criminal, but also monetary. And I can't stress strongly enough, report your income. So let's turn to the next one, Wayne. Let's have a little fun here. So if, I, if I'm listing, I happened to acquire and had some gains in crypto, and maybe I used some of that to buy a Tesla, and I transferred that Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency, let's say, to buy a Tesla. Is that a taxable event? Do I need to report that? Uh, that is a taxable event because you are exchanging crypto for goods or services. So you would... Treat that as a sale for the price you paid for the Tesla. If the Tesla was $80,000 and you gave crypto worth $80,000 that you acquired for $20,000, 
you would have to recognize a $60,000 gain. And that would be reportable on your tax return. Again, if you held it more than one year as a long-term capital gain. So let's, let's turn to the next topic. Of to, again, I, I think the tax everybody's generally aware of, but I, I think some of the unique things you've been able to work on this year, Wayne, comes on the estate planning side. So what are some of your thoughts as you've acquired or maybe some of the things we've seen over the past year with people that own crypto that you should be aware of? It's difficult to transfer crypto quickly in that you have to set up accounts, you have to op you know, open vaults and different types of terms dealing with crypto that make it not as easy to just sign and move. So I've been recommending to people, if they're thinking of using crypto as future gifting or the like, to possibly put the crypto in the name of an LLC, have the LLC be the account owner for the crypto. And then if you want to ever transfer it to somebody, you can just give them a, a percentage share in the LLC. And that transfer is done very easily just by signing an assignment letter. And the person holding the crypto doesn't even have to know about it. So that's one thing I would do. The other thing is people don't think of dying often and the crypto they seem to be doing quickly and often, and they don't think about proper titling. So if you own crypto in your own name, that is an asset. And that asset is going to be subject to probate if your assets that are subject to probate exceed a minimum amount that most states allow to avoid probate. In Illinois, that amount is $100,000. So if all of your assets that are in your own name, as opposed to being in a trust or joint tenancy, exceeds $100,000, you will have to go to probate court and open an estate when you die. Simple way to avoid that. Either have the account as held as joint tenancy with right of survivorship, or put it in the name of your revocable trust. Assets that pass by joint tenancy or your revocable trust, not subject to gift tax. I mean, not subject to uh, probate process. The other thing I think that's that's come up a lot when you talk about gifting is many charities now are accepting that. So if you're fortunate to have some gains, it's another option that that seems to have come up in the last year or two is many charitable organizations accepting crypto as well. Right. And because of the many people who have made quite a bit of um, wealth in crypto, it's an excellent asset to give to charity because it is a capital asset. And if you've held it for more than a year, you can donate to charity and get a full fair market value deduction without ever having to recognize the gain. So that is quite an advantage of whenever making charitable gifts to use appreciated assets because again, you get the full deduction, but you don't have to recognize the built-in gain. Well, with that, we want to thank everyone for tuning in. The markets on a tax and estate are evolving in, in crypto land. So Wayne, thank you for bringing us up to speed with where things are today. And I imagine we'll be having a future conversation at some point as things, things change, which they inevitably will. 
So with that, the next episode, I'll be joined with Michael Schneider, a wealth advisor on the team, and we'll be discussing NFTs. Thank you again. The Learner Group is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The Learner Group and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or emissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the Learner Group and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors, LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as a substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity's specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions.